0: George, way off it's the side of the backboard take that for data Adams gives it back to Rush deep shot
1: fantasy basketball podcast good evening and welcome back to daddy's fantasy basketball podcast i'm your host cameron dague and with me as always are my co-hosts gabe sabarzo
0: hey what's up everybody got a week under our belt now we're uh, now fantasy basketball veterans
1: and zach Mueller.
2: Yes, sir. Coming fresh off the loss. Ready to talk some shit to <laughs>
1: It's Going to be a hard sell there, buddy. Going to be a hard sell. Uh, well, boys, we, we did it. We got through the first week of almost every single NBA game being played. There was only one that didn't get played. Uh, of course, it was the Thunder game versus the Houston Rockets. Way to go, Houston. Uh, You guys are just great at this whole COVID protocol thing, Um, but truly miraculous that we're here at the basketball season Um, and honestly had a pretty exciting first week. Uh, Pretty much every team has played about three games. I think after today, every team will be at three games. Um, and we've already seen some upsets happen. We've seen, uh, some weird scores. We've seen the most historic blowout of all time. Shout out Zach and the Mavs. Um, and so, wow. Yeah. Any, any good first impressions of, of this first week of basketball, Gabe?
0: Oh, I mean, there's, there's plenty of good first impressions. I think the Cavs being undefeated thus far is kind of a surprise, um, to a lot of people. And with, even without Kevin Love, um, I'm encouraged by the Rockets, even though they're 0-2, because we're missing a lot of key pieces. And uh, we're still – James Harden and Christian Wood are still figuring out the chemistry between them. And uh, I, I'm honestly encouraged by the supporting cast, David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Jay Sean Tate. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot. I could, I could talk a long time about the different teams, but I think the Cavs and the Rockets were the two that – um not that I was most impressed by but that I uh, wanted to point out at least.
1: Yeah man, uh apparently the new we're we're calling Darius Garland and uh Sexton Sexland. Have you heard this nickname?
0: I I saw it when they were both about to check in and uh I didn't know how serious it was. Dude, I am big about it. <laughs> like I've already seen
1: I've already seen t-shirts being made like this is awesome. I'm 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 all in. I'm all in on Sexland baby. <laughs> uh zach what about you
2: yeah i was gonna say the same thing as gabe i thought the Cavs were my biggest surprise um i think the magic are three and oh two which was pretty surprising to me um i know fultz has been playing a lot better for them and kind of leading them to victory right now um i'm not even sure who has him in our league but that's pretty good for you and then the Nuggets being zero and two, or are they one and two now? They they beat the Rockets. Okay, the so they are one and two. Yeah, and they yeah they had lost to the Kings at the that very first game at the end, and uh, I I was just shocked at that. I don't know if y'all saw the ending, but the tip in right at the last second uh, that was a Shout very out, good buddy. Healed. Healed.
1: Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was dope. And you know, hey Zach, you can guess who missed the dunk right before that. It's your boy, Harrison Barnes, missed the dunk. Hey, you
2: know, he actually had a pretty good game for me that game, so we'll live with that. (laughs)
1: Um, Well, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, We hopefully have a little bit more of a format that we can possibly uh, stick to depending on how this pod goes. Um, But here's kind of what we're thinking for today. So each week we'll kind of hit on the big injuries uh, throughout the league. And not that the little injuries don't matter, but we could literally take the entire podcast going over every little injury or somebody who's resting or whatever it is. And so we're just going to hit the big ones, um, which we've got, I think, three that we're going to talk about unless I missed one. And then uh, how we want to incorporate our fandom of like me being a Thunder fan and Zach being a Mavs fan and Gabe being a Rockets fan is we're going to give. Kind of a my team weekly update, and so we'll take a little section of the pod to talk about each of our teams, and it won't be super in depth. We'll just talk about how we did that week during the games or any any news that happened uh, with our teams, and we'll kind of just take a look at that. Um, and, and we'll also add to that one bonus team each week, uh, so that we can kind of get a good land uh, a view of the landscape, see what's going on out in the NBA. Um, to where this is a fantasy podcast, but at the same time, we're still truly fans um, of our teams. And so we'll kind of give an update there. And then after that, we'll get into more of like our fantasy league news, if there's any like trades or if if we were shocked by some of the pickups that happened, whatever it may be. Uh, Then after that, we'll get into the fantasy league matchups recap. So how this previous week went. And uh, if there was any shockers, if everything kind of went chalk, whatever it was, we'll go over how each team did. Uh, we'll kind of give our picks for this upcoming week and these week and these weekly matchups. Um, and then for today only, because we promised it last pod, we're going to give our seasonal standings predictions uh, and just show how, how terrible we are at predicting these things and how difficult it is to do. So, boys, lots to get to. Um, Let's go ahead and just start with the big injuries. Unfortunately, uh, in just the last couple of days, we have three to hit on. So first off, Kevin Love, uh, he suffered a calf injury. And so it came out that he uh, will be reevaluated, I believe, in the next four to five weeks um, to see where his calf injury is at. We had Ja Morant who last night went down with the grade two ankle sprain. Uh, and so it looks like he's going to be sidelined from anywhere from uh, three to five weeks. And then uh, the last one, poor Spencer Dinwiddie. He has a partial ACL tear. Um, they are projecting that he'll be out the entire season. Now, Spencer Dinwiddie did post uh, something, I think, either to Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and it was kind of one of those things that was like, we'll see uh, what this season still holds in store sort of situation. So I think he's wanting to hopefully come back towards the end of the season. But regardless, he's going to be out for a while. Um, guys, did I miss any of the injuries there? Gabe, why don't you kind of give us what you think the uh, the impact with all those are going to be?
0: Yeah. Um, so you've got Kevin Love. I think he reaggravated. Um, sorry, I uh, yeah, no, sorry. Um, Kevin Love re-aggravated the calf injury that he was uh, nursing in the preseason, and so um, I and mean, that, that could open up some playing time for Chetty Osman or uh, I, I uh, probably Drummond. A, I'm, I'm gets blanking. A bit. Yeah, yeah Drummond, Drummond gets a little Drummond. bit
1: more run there.
0: Yeah, and uh, even Okoro could play a little bit bigger, but um, I think yeah. that the Cavs are. Um, it's going to be interesting what they do without Kevin Love and uh, Darius Garland has been diamonding him up. I think he's got like 25 assists in, in the first three games, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to monitor Kevin Love. Um, and then John ja Morant, um, that could be. Did you see? Uh,
1: did you see the injury happen? So I didn't watch it live, but I watched like a highlight of it. I yeah. Guess, so I, I was. I was
0: actually. It was in the background of my, uh, like, a while I was doing something else. And then I realized that, um, they were wheeling somebody out on a wheelchair, like, and I was like, yeah. what? And so I rewound it and, uh, he like, he just came down weird on, uh, like someone's foot. And I mean, it looked, it looked bad, but i um, thankful that there was no structural damage right. and, uh, the grade two, uh, ankle sprain three to five week timeline, um, About a month. uh, He'll probably miss about 14 games. Um, But honestly, best case scenario. uh, We'll have to see what this does. I I guess Tyus Jones is probably going to be the biggest beneficiary here, um, being the second uh, squad point guard. But it's going to open up a lot more usage for uh, Kyle Anderson, Jonas Valanciunas, and even... I don't know what the timeline is going to be with Jaron Jackson when he comes back, but we'll have to see.
1: I know. I'm just hoping that that Grizzlies team can can find a way to like salvage salvage is that a word? Kind of salvage uh, salvage. salvage salvage that's what I meant. Salvage some wins here just so they can like stay in the hunt. Cause ah man, I just like I even think I even talked about it last week. Like I felt like Ja Ja Morant was poised for like a big big year, um, and I was excited to watch him. Like he's such an exciting and uh athletic player um that yeah no i hope he comes Pretty back sure. and he's able to just be similar to what he was and this isn't an injury that's going to be lingering all season you know
0: yeah i think the only way that that happens is if they rush him back but um yeah that's uh that's kind of all i have on the memphis grizzlies and john Morant. and then, then, then who was the last one? Oh, spencer it was it dinwiddie.
1: Zach, yeah. did you see the uh did you see the news about spencer dinwiddie
2: I saw that he is going to be out for the season, and he's getting a uh, season-ending knee surgery. Uh, but I did not actually see his injury. I only saw uh, Morantz, which that's just because I was on Twitter and everybody was posting that video.
1: So I was confused kind of a little bit about the injury because I I felt like I had watched a lot of that Nets game where he got injured. So I don't know if it was like, towards the end of the game or if he did it in practice or what. Like, I never saw any video of the actual injury itself. Um, but I do think it has, like, quite a bit of uh, impact on the Nets themselves. Um, so, obviously, they're pretty top-heavy and loaded with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant um, and Karis Lavert really leading the charge on the bench. But Spencer Dinwiddie was just, like, another ball handler that you could, you could throw at people um and for a team that clearly has championship aspirations they've come out the gate looking super hot like looking really really good as if they actually are contenders and not pretenders um any injury is going to go a long way in affecting how the team does over the course of the regular season and how much they can rest Kyrie Irving knowing they don't really have that secure ball handler behind them so I know the nets have been involved in james harden trade talks as well as like other things so i almost think this might push them to make a move early in the season it wouldn't surprise me if here in like the first week or two if these nets trade rumors really start heating up i i I don't know about like the james harden stuff but i could see them potentially going out for a player like george hill who's sitting on the thunder and just throwing a first round pick and trying to get george hill to solidify that position um or what, but was there yeah, any that's a... go ahead, Gabe.
0: I was gonna say that's a good point. Um I do think that uh like Karis Levert has been playing really well like you mentioned. Yeah. And uh honestly Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan have both been playing uh pretty well as their as their big men and Kevin Durant looks like he hasn't missed a step. Kyrie is uh, still As good as ever so I I, the Nets have been one of the teams that has been on like national television the most Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this season so I've been able to watch them and uh, like even their bench unit you know TLC and a couple of the other guys Shamit Torian Prince like they've looked like a pretty complete team and so you're right I think that they uh, I think that they do pose a an actual threat to to contend for a title Um, I also think that we would be remiss not to add to the Cavaliers for Kevin Love. I neglected Larry Nance as well. He will uh, definitely get a little bit more usage, as uh, in the absence of Kevin Love. But
1: which yeah, it's so weird that Larry Nance is on that team. Like (laughs) I just feel bad for him getting stuck behind Kevin Love and uh, Andre Drummond. Like, yeah. what, a, what a weird place to be in. But I feel like every time he plays, like, he's really good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know? I definitely agree. So, I hope so. he gets a chance to shine here a little bit.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Love injury and being on my team.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that's sarcasm there, Zach. Uh, side, no. note, side note, Zach tried to trade me Kevin Love yesterday before, like, the injury news came out. So, shout out to you, bro. Appreciate that.
0: Where did he, like, where was, where, or I guess that's probably, what we can talk behind closed doors, but I'm curious what Zach's, uh, like, uh, where he is in the, uh, like, value of Kevin Love. You know,
2: my my two trade-offs <laughs> for Cam were very fair, and this kid has way too much value on his players. I'll
1: tell you that
0: right now. <laughs> that's funny. We, well, I mean, we didn't Kevin see him oh. If you're 7-1-0, it's going to be hard to not see your team as perfect and flawless. Yeah, well, sure.
2: well, we'll go over that in a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Okay, boys, any other big injuries that we really need to discuss?
2: Uh, The only ones I was going to bring up, um, didn't somebody in our league have Marquise Chris for the Warriors?
1: Oh, I, I actually forgot about Marquise Chris. Uh, yeah, let's so just see if he was
2: drafted. I think he broke his foot and he is done for the year as well so if somebody did I want to say somebody drafted him I just didn't look at who he's done for the year so that sucks um, Camden has Cat on his team mm-hmm. um, he dislocated his wrist That's and they, a said, good point, yeah. they said he's going to be week to week not day to day so I doubt he's out like a full month but honestly I feel like with the dislocated wrist there's no way to really tell because like what if you can't grip the ball the way you need to and stuff. So I I thought that was a big potential one. And then uh, I didn't know if you guys knew any updates on Draymond or Kimba. I know they're not supposed to be out for like a super long amount of time, but I have not really heard anything.
0: Uh, Draymond's on my team. It says they're eyeing Friday. He's been practicing. Um, So I think that here in the next few games, uh, we'll see Draymond green back. Not sure about Kemba Walker, but um, I can. It looks like Kemba's still uh, eyeing like a mid to late January return. So, yeah. Still got a ways to go on that recovery. I knew
2: knew it wasn't supposed to be super long. I just hadn't heard anything about it, so I didn't know. And then the only other note I had was uh, KP. They said he was a full-going practice today. So, I I don't know that's uh, good news for my Mavs and good news for gabe
1: i saw hey it uh is. <laughs> so update on marquis chris so nick drafted him um and so of course he dropped him last week when he heard the news so unfortunate gotcha. for barnacle boys nick harris there um zach that's a great transition into our next segment here so my team's weekly update uh keep going with that Like what you're thinking about KP and then kind of put that into how the Mavs did this week and what your, I guess, first thoughts of the Mavericks 2020-2021 roster is.
2: Yeah, so um, I think their first game was like last Wednesday or something. They played at the Suns. Um, I was actually driving to Oklahoma that day, so I had to listen halfway on my phone and then watch the rest. Um, It started at like 930 But that game, we played okay. We didn't play great. Um, Luka definitely looked rusty. Um, A lot of people are saying he's out of shape, which I think he kind of is. He looks a little sluggish. Um, I read something today that Mark Cuban was saying he had planned on practicing and playing with uh, the international Slovenian team this summer, um, but was unable to because of COVID. So, like, That was time he was supposed to be staying in basketball shape. Not really a good excuse, but I think he had been planning on playing then. Um, I think they lost that game by like four points. We were in it at the end, just didn't get it done. Then the game that really concerned me was Christmas Day when we played the Lakers. Um, If you look at the stats of that game, we honestly should have played them neck to neck. Like That game should have been super close. But then you look at one stat, rebounds. They beat us 53-27 to 27 in rebounds. You are never going to win a game when the other team is getting double the amount of rebounds as you. So um, Dwight Powell, our bigs, they were under fire on Twitter. People were calling for them to already be cut. Um, and then we were, we were pretty much in desperation mode. Um, what was it, two days ago when we played the Clippers? I was sitting there just like, we have to win this game, especially with Kawhi out with his, like, jaw injury. Yeah. Um, and as you guys know, we came out, we were up 50 at halftime. I don't even know how that's possible. Um, but the weird thing about it, we didn't even have a amazing statistical game. We literally just went out there and whooped their ass. Like, we played <laughs> as a team, and no one really had, like, None of our players had like fifty points or anything crazy like that. We just played great team basketball and dominated them. So did you see uh, what
1: uh, did you see what Paul George said about that game?
2: Didn't he say it was all on him or something?
1: Well, uh, yeah, that was one of the quotes. But he also like I guess during that same segment he <laughs> he was like, you know, we really didn't get a chance to uh, celebrate the holidays properly, and so. <laughs> We were celebrating or we were trying to celebrate the holidays the day before and then he was like that's on me but yeah that's kind of I don't think it's that big of a deal that we lost like this because we were just out there trying to do trying to celebrate with our families and I was like this guy man like he is he is a total bag of excuses all the time like it's just ridiculous
2: Yeah all I know is that if you lose by 50 points you probably shouldn't be talking at all
1: Well, he always has something to say. I promise you that.
2: And the only other notes I had on that, um, I went over kind of all my notes from all of our games. Um, KP coming back, we just brought that up. So that will help us tremendously. I hope he can stay healthy all year. Might not play back-to-backs, but we definitely need the help down low. And then – we also have an easier schedule coming up. Um, that was kind of a brutal first three games, all away games at Phoenix and then at both L.A. teams. So to come out of that one and two, I would say that's okay with me, not not the end of the world. And um, the only other thing, Willie Cauley-Stein. I think he may get a much bigger role this year because he's looking kind of like our go-to center right now.
1: Dude, I remember watching him in college at a, uh, I think it Kentucky, right? Yeah, it was Kentucky. He was incredible, bro. Like that that team was so much fun to watch. With and he, yeah. he would guard guards, he would guard centers. It didn't matter. He was just shutting everybody down. Yeah.
0: I, just remember. I remember he was the uh, he was the first player that I ever saw with a neck tattoo, and I just knew that guy was different.
1: <laughs> at least in college, because you had to yeah. watch Birdman play. <laughs> True, Berlin true. But
0: I, oh, I guess I, I think I guess I'm talking. Was he there when we were in person? Because I'm fairly sure I watched him in person.
1: Maybe when mm, I don't could know. could have been a
0: little bit right before yeah, me. That have been a little bit before. Maybe me. it was just like a high school memory of mine. But I just remember seeing him like ready to check in and then just dominating at Kentucky, and I was like, dang. Oh, they but Kentucky's whole team was McDonald's All americans so yeah. Well, mixed.
2: I. <laughs> I've been kind of keeping up with, like, Mav's Twitter this off season, and it kind of seemed like everyone is thinking this is going to be Willie Cauley-Stein's breakout year. Like, Mark Cuban was tweeting something about, like, how much he's been putting in work and all this. And, I mean, of course your owner's going to say that, but yeah. at the same time, like, I don't ever see him tweeting that about anyone else. So um, I think he's poised for a big year, and we'll see.
1: That's cool. Uh, I, w- I would really like to see that because I like Willie Colley Stein. Um, Zach, back to so at the beginning you kind of mentioned it of uh, Luca not being in shape or that's what it appears. So actually on my way to work this morning, I was listening to uh, 105.3 The Fan and I guess that's where the Rick Carlisle interview happened <clears throat> because I was listening to it live dude. and Rick Carlisle first off, he's just like a really funny guy uh, like if you've never heard him speak, he just says it how it is. He really doesn't beat around the bush. Um, he's just really, really to the point. And anyway, he was talking about Luca, and he was like, Yeah, Luca is learning that uh being in NBA shape is a year round thing. And <laughs> it it just like dawned on me that's probably the nicest way you could have said that Rick Carlisle Carlisle clearly believes that Luca is severely out of shape and like Luca did not do enough to be prepared for this NBA season. Um and so we're obviously seeing a little bit of that. There was one game, I don't remember which game it was, Zach, but he missed probably his like first six or seven like point blank layups just yeah, over was, and over.
2: That was the Phoenix game. He looked horrible at the start. He
1: looked awful awful man and like he was giving up on plays like going back on defense like it was a struggle even though his stats looked really good i was like man if this is the Luka you're getting all year like this is this is kind of brutal and like he has not shot it well uh to my knowledge so I, I'm yeah, he started
0: he, he started the season like oh for seven or at least oh for five and i was like uh oh
1: yeah
2: well, yeah. I I did make a note. Even with all of his struggles, right now he's averaging twenty eight, seven and seven. So, okay, and yeah. if if you're playing bad and almost getting a triple double, uh, scoring thirty points, I'll take that.
1: Okay. Hey, uh, Gabe, I have a I have a scorching take. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah. This year, oh, this year, Luca is going to almost identically mirror Russell Westbrook's MVP season. And the reason I say that is because Zach hates Russell Westbrook so much, and he is the first person to tell you that triple doubles mean nothing and like stats mean nothing if you can't ever make your team win. And this year he's going to finally see that his best player can do everything he can, but if he doesn't have players around him, it's hard to win in the NBA. Like, And you're going to see that from Luka this year, when he kicks it Uh, out to people and can't shoot at all. Yeah, that's that's Russell Westbrook MVP season.
2: So you don't think we're gonna win this year?
1: It honestly, and I've been saying this all along. It honestly depends on how much Kristaps Porzingis plays. If if he if he doesn't play, y'all are gonna be in the play in playoff games. In my opinion, I,
2: I see us ending anywhere from three to seven, and seven is if we play absolutely horrible all year.
1: Well. I know it's early but from what I've seen like you guys play no defense Luca has not bought in at all defensively um and it's you're, you're just it's just like last year you're gonna have to outscore people just over and over
2: i I disagree I think our defense is much better this year but I'll agree that the shooting may be a little bit worse I mean we have a guard that can actually guard people now and Josh Richardson like if you have your go-to scorer, we're at least going to have a guy that can do something, unlike last year. And Hardaway Jr. has been horrible in these first few games. So once he starts clicking, I think we'll start getting more wins as well. I mean, it, it, other than that Clippers game, like no one on our team has really played that well yet.
1: But that's not a good sign, but okay.
2: Uh, Well, I mean, when you win by 50, the game you do play good, that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, that's
1: true. Uh, Gabe, let's go ahead and move on to the Rockets. Why don't you give us an update on them?
0: Yeah, so the Rockets are 0-2, and uh, I think my my thoughts are kind of summed up by uh, what CJ McCollum said via ESPN's Tim McMahon after they played, and uh, he said regardless of what James does in his spare time, James is really effing good at basketball like he's really good (laughs) and I mean at the end of the day we took two playoff teams down to the wire Uh, we were missing a number of pieces due to COVID and uh, other things Um, but I've been really impressed with Christian Wood I I remember telling uh, whoever drafted him that I liked the pick because I uh, knew the potential and the usage and uh, just the James Harden pick and roll is like the dream for fantasy but also like it takes kind of a like, like you have to be an intelligent basketball player as well to succeed in that role. And it took, uh, it took Clint Capella and some of the other bigs that we've done it with a, a little bit of time to learn. And so they're still learning, but I've been impressed. He's a, at, there are times where I feel like he, um, like is size wise a little bit too small. Um, but he has showed that he's not going to back down from the challenge as, as the, uh, maybe smaller, I forget who they were playing. Oh, they were playing Yusuf Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic was making him look like a little boy at first, but he adjusted, he played well. We took that team down to the wire. At, at some point, he kind of uh, like made Yusuf Nurkic irrelevant um, offensively, which was big. Uh, he's hitting threes, he's playing well. And honestly, the supporting cast, I've been impressed with, Nwaba Brown, Jay Sean Tate, I mentioned. Um, all these depth pieces that um, are going to be important down the stretch, Uh, like uh, depth is so important bench players and that second team, that second unit is so important in the NBA to consistently win in the regular season, but also to make a run uh, in the playoffs um, should that be the case. And I've been impressed with them. I I think Daniel house has some room to improve even. And so honestly, even though we're O two for right now, I'm trying not to think about the uh, like extracurriculars or the, uh, possible rumors and, and, and things and just watch the game. And uh, I'm encouraged by what I've seen
1: well, from our, from our team. So well, far. I was going to ask Gabe, have, have you heard any extra rumors? Is it kind of the same teams? I think what I saw is he had expanded his list even further to teams he's willing to go to. Have you heard? any? Yeah,
0: teams? no, no. I mean, nothing substantial. That's uh, for sure. I mean, I think that, um, like, he still wants out, but I don't know that anything has come of it. Like, what do you trade for a guy like James Harden? You know, like, it's such an insane... He, he sees the court so well. Yeah. He is an incredible isolation player. He, like, he's 10 to 15 pounds out of shape right now, and he still has a quicker first step than 90% of the NBA. Like, it's it's insane, the ability, the, the basketball God-given gift that James Harden has, and I mean, he like we were we were kind of low on him in fantasy. I think he fell to like the fourth or the fifth yeah, pick. Yeah. He's still been so good for fantasy. Like it's, I don't know. Like it, it's it's going to be tough to find a suitor because of the price tag of some like of somebody like uh, like James Harden. So
1: well, well, I'll say if he's if he keeps going out there and putting up forty four points and seventeen assists like he did in his first game, uh, the suitors I almost feel like are they start looking at their assets and they're like that's worth it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if if Harden was sitting there pouting and just like standing at half court not playing very much, uh, that's when suitors are are weary of giving anything up for a guy like that in my opinion. Right. But if Harden's going to keep going out there and just balling out like he clearly is um so far, uh I almost think it it pushes it a little bit farther as to like the the Rockets not giving way on what they want in return, but the suitors, like the 76ers or the Nets or whatever, being like, right. okay, he might be worth it, man. He might be worth yeah. it. Yeah.
0: It's just a lot of the suitors are in contention already, or or he, that's, that's the way that um, the rumors and things have right. fallen because he wants to go win a championship. And so to change the identity of a contender would be to, like, to change a lot of those assets that are making you a contender. So it's just a hard GM decision both ways because you're you're taking a huge risk right. at the end of the day yeah. that you don't necessarily need to if you're already
2: in position to contend. Or the main what ahead, are Jeff. the main themes that they're saying are interested in him.
1: So uh, I heard the Sixers have they've had like a little bit of a discussion but the Sixers really want to see how Ben Simmons and Embiid play out. The Nets, I believe, were in discussions for a while. He's now expanded his list to the Blazers as well as the Celtics. I think is what I saw, Gabe.
0: Yeah, something like that. Um, i like I said, I haven't followed it um, too too closely. Yeah, um, I, don't I can't know. imagine him going to the Blazers. That would the Blazers like have a I I I respect CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard as basketball players but oh my god I hate playing them they they have like ice in their veins when they play the Rockets no like at all times if there's half a second on the clock one of those two is hitting a a game winning three and there's no doubt in my mind
1: (laughs) it's like uh it's like when Andrew Wiggins plays the Thunder he's an awful basketball player until he steps court Steps on the court <laughs> against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he just turns into that's an incredible player. Um, Any other Rockets news there, Gabe?
0: No, that's all I got. Uh, you can go to the breakdowns if you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, just...
0: I,
2: I kept seeing this meme this whole week that was like, it was just a picture of every NBA team, and it was like, teams Harden's interested in, and they crossed out the Rockets, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, actually, though. Oh, wait, we haven't heard about the Thunder, have we? Yeah,
1: I thought you were trolling. I thought you were just going no, to skip right v. over that's my v. team, bro. No, that's uh, my V. Wait, are the Thunder an NBA team?
2: Wow. Yeah,
1: and apparently they're actually a pretty good one for whatever reason. <laughs> um, So, Thunder actually just, like, 60 seconds ago, finished their third game of the season. We lost to the Magic. 118-107. to 107. So, the Magic are now 4-0, boys. That's weird. It's not... Um, so the Thunder are one and two. They beat the Hornets in their first uh, game of the season on a Shea Gilgis Alexander game winner. They lost to the Jazz one ten to one oh nine on a Shea Gilgis Alexander missed game winner, and now we have uh, lost to the Magic one eighteen to one oh seven. We're much better than I think we honestly want to be. Uh, Our young guys are playing really well. So Dort had a really great game against the Jazz. He was getting a lot of uh, Thunder love, as he should. Um, But he's clearly improved as a player, which is a lot of fun to see. Shea is stupid good. He's just in control of everything. Um, It'll be interesting to see where he falls on the points per game margin. I really thought he'd be closer to like a 26, 27 points per game player. Um and it's not that he's playing passive; it's just that the Thunder are showing a lot more ball movement that I didn't think that we would see from this new coaching staff, and so the balls being just spread everywhere, and so uh, like he's being really efficient and he's playing really well. Um, he's just not getting an opportunity to score twenty eight a game. Uh, our we I don't know if you've ever seen Alexei po- Pokoshevsky our like seven footer, who's like the mystery man of the NBA draft actually the mystery man yeah dude he is hilarious like i've never (laughs) seen somebody play with as much confidence as he has and it i don't know that it's a good thing because he just throws up some crazy stuff like preseason was hilarious whenever he'd be in the game like he'd be throwing his arms everywhere to get the ball from from established players right like al horford would have the ball and he's just like waving his arms in the air like al give it up Al, give it up you know, so like he's just a really funny player, but he's had a rough beginning to the season. Um, I honestly don't know that he's scored yet. Um, but you know, that's that's what you expect from a, a swinging for the home run kind of player when you draft him.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and so, but like, we're really fun. I do think we're going to have to trade either George Hill or Al Horford. Neither of those guys played tonight. Um, and we were still kind of competitive with the Magic. So, I, I know Al Horford's contract will be really tough to trade. I don't see that happening before the trade deadline. Um, and honestly, I don't see it happening at all this season. But I think that we will move on from George Hill uh, sooner rather than later. So pretty soon here on these weekly updates, I'm just going to go to Tankathon and uh, let you guys know where we're at in the Tankathon standings. So,
0: Hey. I saw I saw an interesting stat. Um, so I was looking at uh, it says year over year change in the share of shots coming from three or at the rim, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma City actually had the biggest jump. They've jumped almost thirteen percentage points. And so I'm wondering if that's a change in philosophy in the coaching staff, the new coaching staff, yeah. or if that's really just the like Chris Paul leaving yeah. all in all of your mid range shots going out
1: the door well and dennis Schroeder too like he was a huge mid-range shooter um yeah I, it's probably a combination of the two i've been pretty impressed with our coaching staff like he mark Dagnall is the coach's name he's like 30 that's how you say that yeah that's what i've heard is mark Dagnall so okay. uh he's like 35 years old uh, he's been with the thunder for the last six seven years um but his rotations honestly have been really cool and really fun. Way better than Billy Donovan. Uh, he's drawn up some really cool end of game plays that I've seen. So I've been impressed. It's really early, so it's easy to be impressed. But um, yep. it it's cool. Like I'll I'll be excited to watch his development. He's just as old as like all the players, so that's really fun. Huh. Cool. In fact, now
0: yeah, the Thunder the Thunder are fun to follow, fun
1: to watch. So George Hill might be older than him. I'm not sure on that, though. I'll have to look that up. Um, but yeah, there's your Thunder update. So, just watching to see if we can rack up the losses so we can get Cade Cunningham. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: Is he the projected number I'll
1: pick next year? Yeah, right now he plays for Oklahoma State. So, as we get closer, Ooh. maybe if the Thunder like projected top five pick, we can go over a little bit of college updates and stuff like that. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll have a March Madness this year.
1: Oh, was bro. Please, prayers up. I think
2: they they already said they're probably doing a bubble format for that, and it's pretty much happening no matter what.
1: In okay. Orlando? That would be dope, too.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it was in Orlando or not, but I definitely read something saying they were already in the talks for a bubble.
1: So, God, that'd be awesome. All right, well, uh, you guys got anything else on your teams? No, I don't. Okay.
0: Uh, only that... George Hill is a little bit over a year younger than oh, the man. coach, so it's they're very close in age.
1: Dang, that'd be cool. <laughs> but yeah, I knew it was close. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're gonna skip the bonus team this week. We'll do a bonus team for next week. We just have a lot to get to, uh, and so let's go over there. We really haven't had much fantasy league news. We already talked about the injuries. We haven't. We have yet to have a trade, so that's like the polar opposite of our fantasy football league. Um, so i I don't know what's going on there
0: i think it's because there's so much daily uh, that you have to update like there's stream guys in basketball the injuries are a little bit more like first of all you play seven days a week most of the time like there's there's basketball on most of the days of the week if not all of them and so i feel like a lot of that trading in football was like By Tuesday and Wednesday, like it's time to get the get the people moving, you know? But I've been looking at some trade targets.
1: Yeah, I've I've had a few uh few trade talks. So maybe we'll start to get some uh start to get some action here. Camden's
0: Camden's pretty low on the Trash Brothers, as he calls them. And I don't think they'll be that bad. Like, I think I don't think they'll be great, but there's no way they're going to be that bad.
1: Are you talking so, about Andrew Wiggins? About, and, uh, that's what he called them, yeah, the Sleeper.
0: Yeah, yeah, he called them the Trash Brothers. I hate so, to see it. We got a
1: Sleeper notification today that... Uh, Kelly Oubre hit his first three of the season. I saw that. I saw that update, and I was like, "Oh man, you know it's bad. You know it's bad." If Sleeper is having to send out updates about this guy's first yeah. three, well, of when the
0: uh, when we get to Camden's team, I uh, did some like deeper digging on how uh, how much it impacted his field goal percentage and just how bad they really were, and dope. Uh, Ooh, it was not good. It was not good. (laughs)
1: Well, Gabe, let's go ahead and transition there. Um, Let's get into these matchups from last week. And why don't we just start with Camden's team? Is that all right?
0: Yeah, I'm down for that.
1: Okay. So it was... So it was was, Big
0: R and Camden.
1: Big R versus Camden. Uh, Big R ends up taking the matchup. Five, three, the five categories he won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three pointers made, assists, and points. And then Camden won rebounds, steals, and blocks.
0: So I have um I have it in matchup one. It said four four or zero. Yeah, Is I that... have it
1: as four four as well. Am I on the wrong one? Hold on. Maybe. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gabe. Let me see if I can get to the right one.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say that uh big R won field goal percentage, assists, steals, and points. And so I was going to say that uh, Big R had a really strong showing in field goal percentage. He was the first overall, and so when I say first overall, I mean that across our entire league, he had the highest field goal percentage of anybody. Um, he was second overall in steals and points. Um, this is largely due in part, uh, or largely due to the fact that Kevin Durant, Julius Randle, and Demontis Savonis have all come out of the gates on fire. Uh, Julius Randle just put up his. First triple double as a Nick. Um, Kevin Durant looks like he never left. Um, I mean, Julius Randle and Alfred Payton ran Giannis out the out of the gym a few nights ago, yeah, that was and so weird. the Knicks were looking good. Uh, Sabonis had a game winner. He's playing great. So honestly, Big R's team. I was uh, I wasn't super high on it at first, but watching this uh, first week, I am a lot more hopeful for Big R's team. Camden's team. This was what I was talking about. He had some weaker categories, and so his weak category uh, was field goal percentage. So he was eleventh overall, which I thought was a bit weird because on first glance, uh, his big man stats are are seemingly a strength of his. You know, he was third in rebounds this week and blocks, but it was because of Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. They were a combined twenty three for eighty nine oh in this gosh. matchup. They were 25.8 field goal percentage. And, yeah, Oubre was 7 for 40 from the field. So you're not going to win a lot of uh, basketball games or fantasy games with those numbers.
1: (laughs) So I think he actually... Yeah, wasn't a notification today? Didn't it say that he missed his first 17 threes?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of it, too... um, these guys have big shoes to fill. Clay Thompson going down was not the expectation this year. And I think they might be trying to be somebody that they are not in Klay Thompson, where, like, these guys are talented basketball players or uh, at least better – maybe maybe they're not – maybe talented is the wrong word, but they're at least better than they've shown. Yeah. And I think that, like, if they start to – I think this this team has nowhere to go but up. You know, you've got a rookie starting center. You've got Steph and these two guys. Draymond still hasn't played a game. I think that the Warriors will improve, but it's just how you're going to have to start playing within these guys' skill sets if you're going to win and quit pretending that they're just Klay Thompson reincarnated.
1: See, and, and I totally agree with this. And, Zach, I think it was you that put on the sleeper... Uh... Man, it was something about Steve Kerr. Like, are we sure Steve Kerr is actually a good coach? Uh, something something to that degree. I, I know you're yeah, joking. I mean,
2: ever ever since he's been there, he's had pretty much the best team in the NBA. So now we're going to kind of see how good of a coach he actually is.
1: Yes, and I totally agree. And early indications are n- not great. Like truly not great cuz what it, Gabe I totally agree. What it looks like they're trying to do is just make Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins Clay Thompson. And that's not that's not possible, you know. And yeah. so what I really hope, and granted I'm not an NBA coach, so, like, take my opinion for what it's worth. But what I really hope is, like, we finally get a season of Steph Curry's usage rate being ridiculous. Like, I want to see him bring the ball up the court every single time. Like, I know he's a great off-ball player, but you don't have good on-ball players on this team. Like, yeah. it, Andrew Wiggin is is not a good ball handler. Kelly Oubre, not a good ball handler. Honestly, probably the second best ball handler on the team is Draymond Green, and he's he's out the first part of the season, right? So I really hope that Steve Kerr changes up how he plans on using Steph this year. Um, I honestly just want to see a season of Steph Curry gets to do anything and everything he wants. He brings the ball up the court every single time. He pulls up from the logo half of the time. Like – if this team is gonna lose, I'd rather it be really fun, uh Steph Curry <laughs> footage, you know. Yeah, no, that's true. So that's um a good point. any other any other updates on the, the Trash Brothers or uh he should change his name, honestly. He should change it from Suck My Jerk to Trash Brothers. That's kinda of funny. <laughs> that
2: I, I, I wanna call them the Ass Brothers. Either Nice. One or...
1: nice. thanks, Zach. PG thirteen podcast <laughs> and here you come.
2: but uh one one note i had about the warriors even though the the trash brothers have been bad um camden does have james wiseman who has actually looked really good yeah um and then my note on this week was just big r and camden were pretty close in steals and assists. i think big r won steals by one or one steal yeah and then he won assists by like seven Mm -hmm. so they they had a few close categories, and I think Big R is going to win field goal percentage pretty much every week because he yeah, has bigs. I agree. Three bigs, so I agree. <laughs> when, when you have that many bigs, it's really hard to miss layups and dunks. So,
1: hey, is there anything you wanted to say about Zion early this season, Zach? You were pretty low on that pick.
2: I mean, we'll we'll see as the season progresses. <laughs> he he played good, but like he wasn't insane or anything.
1: Bro, he was and pretty good.
2: My my thing is people are acting like he's a superstar. I don't think he's nearly that level yet.
1: I I think he's well on his way, but you're right. We'll have to see.
2: We'll see. We'll see. He's also injury prone as well. So. Hundred <laughs> percent. Was Yeah.
1: Um. Let's go over more to. Uh... Let me see. Do you want to do another matchup? Yeah, I was trying to see. I thought I had one more note on Big R's team, but okay. I, guess, I guess it was really just uh, kind of how Gabe had hinted at Kevin Durant and Sabonis just being really, really good. Yeah. Um,
0: just, just if you think of it, you can throw it in. That's my specialty. I'll like go back to two, <laughs> two to like two subjects ago, and I'll throw another note in ten minutes later.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. It also took me about half the time to figure out I was on the wrong week. So there's nice. That. Um, let's nice. just get it out of the way, kid. <laughs> um, let's go on to the next matchup here. So we've got James gives me a Harden. Me wait, start.
0: wait, wait. I think uh, Zach was giving you the uh, let's get it out of the way to kind of segue into y'all's matchup, I think.
1: <laughs> I kind of not believe be for last, bro. All right, all right, all right. All right.
2: No, we're going
1: to go ahead and get that <laughs> out of the way. Okay, go ahead, Zach, go ahead, You can You can go over this one.
2: So... As everyone knows, I got dominated this week, seven to one, but I go. will say, I will say, I will say, I hope none of y'all have players that get COVID this season because <laughs> as we were talking about before the season started through ESPN, they're just listed as day to day. There is no, you get them out. You can put them on your IR. You either drop them or they sit there and they give you zeros for everything. Mm. So, I made a note this week, I had no John Wall or Boogie for, what did they play, two games, because that Thunder game got cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. So that's two full games each, which isn't a ton, but it does definitely affect your stats. Um, Kevin Love got hurt for me, he was only listed as day-to-day, so I could not sit him. Now they finally are letting me put him on my IR. And then Russell Westbrook sat out the second half of a back-to-back. I think that'll kind of be a trend throughout the season, depending how he's feeling. So that's not a huge one. But those other three were huge blows for my team. Um, I think you would have won field goal percentage, threes, and probably points regardless, even if those guys played. But had all my guys actually played, I think I win rebounds, assists, and then blocks and steals would have been very close. So we would have been looking much closer at like a four-four, five-three, one way or the other. But it when when two guys on your team get COVID, not much you can do.
1: Hundred percent, I agree. I was definitely a benefactor of uh, of half of your team being down for the well, whole week. Actually,
2: sorry. Two of my guys did not get COVID. They were around someone with it and they tested negative and still had to sit out.
1: Yeah, it's it's the whole contact tracing thing. We've seen it in college football predominantly this year. We've seen it a little bit in uh fantasy football from the NFL this year. Um it's just something we're going to have to go through all year. Unfortunately, ESPN has not really uh done a good job of adapting for this year. Um so we're just going to have to take it upon ourselves to make those decisions on is this player worth it to keep for a whole week and more than likely really tank this week or do I pivot in a different direction? I actually think it will add a little bit of a wrinkle because I bet you're going to see quite a few pretty good fantasy players get dropped just because a, a, a player is feeling like uh, or one of our league members is feeling like, man, I I can't lose this week 2-5 to five, or 0-7 oh, uh, or whatever it is, 0-8. Oh, um, I I think it might add a little bit of a wrinkle, and there might be some pretty great players to pick up on the waiver wire, but we'll have to see.
2: Yeah, I think especially towards the end of the year, depending if you're fighting for a playoff right. spot, yeah, you're going to see a lot of that. Because I mean, like if John Wall goes out with COVID last week of the year, I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm fighting for a spot. So
1: yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to say the least. Gabe, did you have any comments on this matchup?
2: Uh yeah. So um
0: you had some strong showings cam in rebounds. Uh Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Jordan and Marvin Bagley, they all combined for 93 rebounds in this matchup. Um and then threes was a strong showing. You were the second overall in our league and Terry Rozier was a big part of that. He hit 13 threes. Um
1: Scary Terry. Baby. Rozier.
0: Yeah. Rozier has been uh really good I I wonder, at some point, I feel like LaMelo Ball is going to get more touches or more minutes, and so we'll see if that's going to be at the expense of Rozier or Devontae Grant or um, some some of the other guys, um, even Gordon Hayward. But uh, probably, I mean, Rozier with 13 threes, he looked great, and he has, and the Hornets have been uh, pretty good, and so... Um, that's all I had to say about that. Uh, Zach's categories, his field goal percentage was the worst in the league, but we've already, we've already said that that's a lot because, I mean, he's got players like Luka Doncic. He's got Russell Westbrook, these guys, super high usage. And if they're not making shots like that, like basically their field goal percentage is going to translate to his field goal percentage. And so, um, I think at the beginning of the season, we're going to see a little bit of rust on both of those. And
1: um, well, Gabe, he basically has he basically has two Russell Westbrook's on his team, Donkic and Westbrook, and, uh, Russell Westbrook. So you would you would think <laughs> you're going to be tanking field goal percentage at that point.
2: Yeah, and then I yeah, mean, the L- terrible takes.
0: <laughs> Van Vliet is also off to a little bit of a slower start than I was expecting, but ultimately this game just came down to I mean. Not just came down to, but it didn't help that John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, and Kevin Love got hurt. And so. Yeah.
2: yeah uh, well, and you said Cam led the league in rebounding, right? With 218?
0: I, I believe think,
2: so. I think I have like 192, and that's without like four players. So yeah. I think I beat him. I think I lead the league in rebounds. Well, I do have Drummond on my team if they actually play. So I feel it.
0: I, I I can agree with that, but you didn't.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see uh, in another week because I still yep. don't get my guys till Thursday.
1: So, <laughs> so wait, John Wall hasn't played a game yet, or Boogie? No,
2: no they can't until yeah, Thursday. Yep.
1: Oh man. Okay, let's go on to the next matchup here. We've got, uh, Bowie versus Penis Punchers Two uh, which is Garrett. So Garrett ends up taking this matchup 5-3 to three over Bowie, which uh, the whole league celebrates. We all love when Bowie loses. Um, Garrett wins the categories of field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three pointers made, assists, and points. And then uh, Bowie took... <laughs> this is throwing me off. This is funny. Their, uh, you know how you can do the little acronyms above your team names yeah well Bowie's acronym is gary in response to garrett and garrett's acronym is f Bowie. so nice really throwing so it's backwards there. <laughs> uh, Bowie won the categories of rebounds steals and blocks so gabe what uh what kind of assessment do we have there
0: yeah, so this matchup had the first and second overall teams in assists. So both of these teams very, very loaded in the assist category this week. Uh, Garrett came out with the uh, the first overall. And Nikola Jokic, he might be the best player in our league format. He can do a little bit of everything. He's looked great to start the year. Um, I mean, he's arguably the best best point guard in the NBA, and he's a center. Like, it's mm. it's insane. He puts up a triple-double effortlessly. Um, his threes, Garrett's threes looked really good. He had the first overall in threes. C.J. McCollum, Paul George, um, Larry Markkanen, they combined for 32 of those, uh, and uh, points first overall. Now, Garrett's going to take a hit with the John Morant injury. John Morant had yeah. 72 points in this matchup, um, and so we'll have to see how he fills in there but honestly this was a pretty good matchup and both of these teams I think have uh like bright outlooks going forward.
2: Yeah I, I made a note that this was actually our best matchup of the week because they yeah. both put up really good stats and um the categories were extremely close and free throws, rebounds, assists, steals and blocks. Assist Gary one by two And then steals Bowie one by one. So just to show you how close some of those were, it was like neck to neck the whole way.
1: And for those that don't know, uh, the Bowie versus Garrett rivalry has really transformed over this past uh, I don't know, six, seven months in in our fantasy football league. So I do not believe these guys have ever met each other before um, in person, but it has grown into quite the rivalry of uh, whenever they play each other, it gets a little heated, and uh, it's 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 honestly brought a lot of uh, humor and joy to my heart, and uh, and we enjoy these matchups. So, anytime one of them lose loses, it's a plus for the rest of us. Yep. Anything else there on that matchup, boys? No, I right. think that's all I've got. Yep, that's it. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one here. we've got uh, James gives me a harden versus team Kelleher. Uh, James gives me a harden, which I believe that's is that Ryan? yeah, that's, yeah that's ryan so yeah. ryan ryan wins the matchup five two to one and did we decide we're calling him bobby or bob or bobbert or robert i think
2: i think he goes by bobby um i i don't know bobby too well because this was one of the originals from steven and them's group oh so so bobby if you want to let us know um and <laughs> in the, in the sleeper grab, what to call you uh, none of us really know you too well over here in Dallas. Just so. uh,
1: <laughs> just type out your name and we'll know what you mean. Uh, he goes
0: by by Rudy Bobert.
1: <laughs> Ruby Bobert. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so Bobby. Or I'm sorry. Uh, now I'm all confused. Ryan takes this matchup five two to one. The five categories that Ryan won was field goal percentage, rebounds, assists, steals, and points. And Bobby won free throw percentage and blocks. And they tied... Oh, man, my phone just shut off. They tied on three-pointers made. Gabe hit us with that analysis. Yeah.
0: So... Um Ryan's strengths, I think, in this matchup were in the assist category. Devontae Graham, like I mentioned, for the uh, Charlotte Hornets, Brandon Ingram and De'Aaron Fox, they combined for 61 assists. And on the opposite side, uh, that was one of the bigger weaknesses for Bobby's team. His, uh, his assists were 11th overall, um, so not great there. But we'll have to see. Um, a little bit more of how these teams play down the stretch. I think that Ryan can be encouraged by the playoff James Harden if he was worried. Um and uh let me look for I forgot what what is Bobby's team oh it's just Team Kelleher isn't it? Yeah. Yeah so um and honestly Team Kelleher has uh, I had the I had picked them to win the league and I still am holding to that. But um, I am a little bit worried. I don't know what Lamarcus Aldridge's outlook is in San Antonio. Um, I don't know if he's playing less minutes and getting uh, less statistical output because he is being, like, he's getting older. So the coaching staff is just being careful, or if he's really just not as good as some of those guys like Keldon Johnson down there. And so um, we'll have to see with Lamarcus Aldridge and uh, some of the other guys on uh, Bobby's team. But I don't have too much else um, besides Daniel House has some room to improve as well there at the bottom of his bench. so.
1: Man, just gone up and down Ryan's team. He has, he has so many players that just do a little bit of everything. You know, like Brandon Ingram, do-it-all player. Bam Adebayo, do-it-all player. James Harden, of course, is James Harden. And then Victor Oladipo kind of gives you that upside of a do-it-all player. Um I, man, I really like, and then De'Aaron Fox, but I was, I, uh, I was talking about that pick on the last pod, how much I enjoyed that pick. Um, I, I think Ryan has a really good team, man, like very well balanced. He's got, uh, Jared Allen, who I think as the season goes on could definitely be a player that takes over more, more minutes, um, from De'Andre Jordan, since De'Andre Jordan is really just a starter because he's boys with. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Um, but I could see that as like an upside play. He just, I really, really like uh, Ryan's team. The only downside is he does, he did have Spencer Dinwiddie. So of course he was, he had to, uh, I believe dropped him after the news about the ACL. Yeah. And yeah, his his team is very balanced.
0: But um I think when he plays some of the teams with maybe that that are a little bit more unbalanced, then he could run into some issues because he might not be able to like keep up. If if a team has really really good big man stats, he might not be able to overcome that. You know?
1: Yeah, that but is a good point. We'll have to see. That is a good point on those teams that are built to win certain categories. Like those are just going to be right. tougher when you're trying to win all of them. So, right. Um, Zach, did you have anything on this matchup?
2: Um, I was just gonna say I saw that they both tied threes at forty nine, which isn't a bad number. That's um pretty same, same thing about Denwitty. Um that just kinda sucks for Ryan to already lose him. Um Harden's been balling. Um Dearon Fox, I don't I don't know. He played okay those first two games, like he played pretty well. But then that third game, he had, like, 12 points and four assists. Like, I expect that from, like, a backup player, those kind of numbers. I don't know if that was just an off night. And then um, Devontae Graham, he's been playing well. I didn't know he was going to get that many assists per game. Um, I, I don't know if I just didn't know that from last year, but he looks really good. Honestly, those Charlotte guards, other than LaMelo, both look really good. <laughs> And uh, for Bobby, I was going to just note, um, I think both of these teams are pretty good and they're going to finish in a pretty good spot. Um, but CP3 only had eight points in two of the three games. Yeah, I know he's not supposed to be like their main scorer, but I would expect more from him. And then uh, Trey Young is off to a pretty hot start as well, which I kind of said, I thought that was a really good pick last week.
1: So. so so back to the CP3 thing, just to give you all a little little insight. Since he was on OKC last year, he he started off the season almost in a sense of it. It almost felt like he didn't even want to be in OKC. Like he was playing so passively, and then it took about I don't know one and a half, probably probably ten games, probably ten games for him to like find a groove into how he wanted to dominate the games um and i think you're going to see something similar in phoenix like early on he's such a smart player that he he really wants to just see how each player is going to individually play and then he's going to place himself on the team that's going to make the team the best it can be um and that was just something i noticed really early last year so i i predict that the same thing is going to happen this year he's going to start slow and then really like as, as early as probably next week um you'll start to see those stats go way up because he'll realize how he should play how he needs to get Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton involved and Keldon Johnson like he'll, he'll start to dominate in a way of how we know CP3 to be so if if I'm Bobby I would not be too worried about the CP3 thing yet
0: yeah I agree I uh it's kind of taking a toll on on Devin Booker and his uh, Devin Booker hasn't really found his shot or his groove yet with Chris Paul, but I do agree that I think after a, a certain amount of time, um, they'll find it. They'll find it again, a lot like he did in uh, in OKC. That's
1: really probably just yeah. a good note for like every player and every also, team right now. So say that again. But- It's probably just like a good note for every player and team right now with a shortened training camp, you know, uh, oh like, like, look at the Atlanta Hawks, like it's going to take them time, like they look good, but it's going to take them time to really be a team because half of their team was not there a month ago, you know, and so I think for a lot of these teams, it's going to take time for their players to gel and find what they need to do.
0: Yep. And we mentioned Keldon Johnson as a Suns player, but he is playing really well on the
2: Spurs at the moment.
1: Who am I talking about then? Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. Yes, Cameron, Cameron. Johnson. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry.
2: All that guy does is shoot, nothing else.
1: <laughs> yeah. Kel- Keldon Johnson is playing very well with the Spurs. You're right. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, Zach, what hey, were you going to say?
2: Um, I think Oh, the only other thing I was going to say for Bobby, um, it looks like, he has his defensive anchor for the year and Miles Turner because yeah. he's dominating in blocks and steals right now and he's not probably getting you as many rebounds as you want, but as far as defensive stats go, you cannot ask for a better player right now. He
1: had he had eight blocks in his in the opening night game for the, yeah. for the Pacers. It was almost Sheesh. like he knew um, that he's been on the trade block for a while and nobody wants him. And so he went out there and really pissed about the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, he's been a monster um, on the blocks. Uh, let's go on to our last. Uh, No, we got two left, two matchups left. Let's go on to our next matchup here. We've got Barnacle Boys, a.k.a. Nick versus uh, Zach. What is it? Ruth Bader Winsburg. I think so. Um, yeah, that's it. Who, who is that? That's, that's Ramsey. 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 Okay, so we had Nick versus Ramsey. Ramsey ends up taking the matchup 5-3. to three. The categories that he won were field goal percentage, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. And Nick, the three categories that he won were free throw percentage, three-pointers made, and points. Uh, so... Gabe, what was your uh, what were your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, big takeaways. Ramsey has some strong categories in rebounds. Uh, he was second overall in that category and blocks. He was second overall in that category, largely due to DeAndre Ayton and Ben Simmons. They combined for fifty nine rebounds and ten blocks. Ben Simmons being this uh, like do it all point guard that is going to get you double digit rebounds and a block and a steal per game is pretty invaluable. In a categories league and uh, he's been uh, him and the 76ers have been uh, interesting to say the least but Ben Simmons has been playing well and then the weaker categories for Nick's team um, rebounds he was the worst rebounding team 12th overall in our league and assists he was the worst um, 12th overall in our league as well um, I think that um, looking at his team as a whole you kind of look to donovan mitchell and uh you realize that he's kind of struggling in a big way he's shooting 27.6 from three uh that's percentage and he's shooting 32.3 percent from the field so his shot is struggling his confidence is struggling but i think he'll bounce back i actually think that um nick will probably uh finish in the at least in the top half or near the middle of our league. I don't think that he's as bad as he showed in this in this matchup necessarily. And uh his rebounds and assists should improve. But uh in this week's matchup it just um it was all Ramsey.
1: Yeah, well Nick better show more than he showed this week. I haven't won in the league, so <laughs> Nick you better pick it up, boy. <clears throat> uh Zach, did you have any thoughts here?
2: Yeah, um, I kind of agree with a lot of what Gabe said. Um, Nick's team is really balanced, and I think they'll finish the year as kind of that middle-to-top pack. Um, I was just going to note, I mean, the Marquise Chris injury is unfortunate. We brought that up earlier. Um, I think he was going to have a bigger role this year on that Warriors team, um, especially with the lack of big man depth. And then... I think he's going to be okay with Shea, um, Levine, and Donovan Mitchell. Um, One concerning player he drafted to me was Davis Bertans. I actually really liked that pick at the time he took him because that guy's a sniper. But through these first few games, he's only playing like 20 minutes a game. And I think he's averaging like seven or eight points. Like he's really not doing too much for Nick right now. So, um that that's just a guy to kind of keep his eye on he did and, he
1: did just score 20 tonight so i know you probably did this before his game tonight but he did just have 20 points okay uh, to boost that huh? that's a, good a little bit but he only that's encouraging at least he only I was about three to say this. nine from three the, the two
2: games before that he had nine points five points and then he had like one assist one rebound it was like nothing
1: yeah no it, it hasn't looked good you're right
2: Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's about it for Nick's team. Um, looking over at Ruth Bader Winsberg, he's got Ben Simmons, who we know can't really shoot, but he's done everything else pretty well so far. Um, if I had to give a second best defensive player so far, other than Miles Turner stats wise, I'd probably have to go with Ben Simmons because he's getting you at least a few steals and a few blocks each game. And he's just kind of filling up the stat sheet for every stat. Like right now I'm looking across the board. He's almost averaging a double-double with points and rebounds. And then he's getting you a chunk of assists plus steals and blocks. So that's pretty solid. And then, I mean, just looking through both these teams, I think they're going to be good. Um, As I said, I'm high on Christian Wood. He's looked good through his first two games. I think he's averaging like 27 points uh, and seven assists. Or sorry, seven rebounds and like two assists. So I I think he's going to be all right. And uh, I think both these teams are going to be pretty good.
1: Yeah. Also, just one more player on Ruth Bader-Winsburg. We had talked about it a little bit last week with Tobias Harris. Like he's finally playing in a position that he's comfortable in. And he's played really well to start the season. Um, like, I know one game he only had 16 points, but he shot four for five from three. And then uh, tonight he actually had 26 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. Like, I just think I think he's going to play uh, a lot better in the position that he's in for the 76ers. So having the double up on him and Ben Simmons, I think, is going to pay huge dividends for his team just – in the round like all around categories
2: yeah, yeah well, one somewhat concerning thing for his team is DeAndre Ayton I know it's kind of started the year on a new Suns team but I would expect more than like right around 10 points and right around 9 to 10 rebounds a game and nothing else like I I don't know I was expecting him to take a really big step this year and so far we're not really seeing that but it, it could change as the year progresses
1: yeah, I again like for the Suns in total. I'm really gonna chalk it up to Chris Paul feeling out that team, and it's just gonna take a little bit of time. Like for yeah. now, that's what I'm gonna chalk it up to. But you're right, definitely something to uh monitor as we're going forward. Let's get into our uh, last matchup here, boys. So we've got another massacre on our hands, slipped under the radar. Uh, I got all the big news, but Gabe. Takes down Daniel, aka Papi Chulo, um seven to one. Another little massacre there. And Gabe, you won every category except for rebounds, in which you only lost by four. Uh, and Papichulo, Daniel, obviously won the rebounding cal- category, one fifty six to one fifty two. Um, well, I mean, you've got to be feeling good about your team, right? Like, wh- what you think? Yeah.
0: I'm feeling okay. I mean, we were 10th and 11th overall in rebounds. So, like, I won – or Daniel won rebounds, but, like, we both didn't rebound very well. Um, My strongest categories, I think, have been and will be my defensive uh, categories. Um, I've got a lot of Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Smart, even Steph Curry, um, to an extent, uh, OG Ananobi. A lot of these guys who uh, get – like, they play – good defense, they, it results in a lot of steals and a, a decent number of blocks. So um, that's a category that I think was a big, strong point for me. Um, for Daniel, I think some of his weaker categories, uh, blocks, he wasn't great, and points. Just overall, he wasn't great. But I think this is partially due to the fact that I'm not sure if everyone understands like the matchup acquisitions, but like, if you have players that are... Like, horrible that are never getting in your starting lineup on the back end of your roster. Like, you're way better off playing a player who's playing that day. So, on a day that, like, today there's 10 NBA games. So, the chances of you having a full lineup are pretty high. But tomorrow, there's what, like, four, six? Right. Like, you might as well stream a player. If you're not going to use that player, you might as well use that roster spot to stream a player, put them in your lineup, and get a few extra counting stats. You know, you get a few extra rebounds, you get a few extra assists. And, like, I don't know that everybody understands that, like, there's no real – there's no, like, games limit. It's just a matchup acquisition limit. And so I just wanted to make that as, like, a PSA. If Daniel made it this far, then I'm hoping that this helped him because I don't think he (laughs) really understands that, like – and I I didn't really understand it the first time I played fantasy basketball either because I was like, that makes no sense because then I can just, like – if I play the most games, then I win. But it's really like this – strategy between like dropping a good player and like understanding the value that they're going to produce if you are uh streaming long-term short-term values all the things that you would do uh, if you were just playing like a dfs cash game or something like that so um anyways that is all i have on that matchup do y'all have anything more to
1: add yeah i mean it's got to feel good for you in which a uh, week where Steph really didn't even look that good, um, you win your matchup 7-1. Like, I I think for Steph, he's only going to get better. Like, how many games is he going to shoot 2-for-10 from the field? I don't care if you're double-teaming or triple-teaming Steph. Like, he's not going to yeah. shoot 2-for-10 from 3 very often. Um, yeah.
0: To be honest, like, not a lot of my team has looked great. Like, I know I right. went 7-1-0, but, like, Steph – Hasn't looked great or efficient. Yusuf Nurkic isn't playing as many minutes as I would like, or getting nearly the uh, like rebounding and defensive numbers. Um, Marcus Smart isn't scoring at the rate that I like expected him to. OG OB. I kind of drafted to be like a breakout uh, wing player, and he's not really doing that. I mean, Jeremy Grant has played better, but like a lot of these players, like they still have room to improve. I feel like I wanted to draft upside, and I still haven't really reached the uh, Eric Bledsoe, I'd be remiss to add there as well. Like, there's a lot of potential um, on this team that I have, but like, I feel like I haven't really seen it. And if um, the, th- I mean, we'll see what kind of uh, moves we make in the future. But I, uh, I'm, I was encouraged, but also nervous as to why my team wasn't the very best team in the world from week one.
1: Yeah, just something – and I know we didn't mention a ton of injuries, but um, on Daniel's side, Jimmy Butler, did he did pop up on the injury report with, like, an ankle thing. So I don't know if this is in any relation to – I think he had that same ankle injury in the bubble, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I do think this is kind of one of those injuries that you take a look at and you're like, okay, how long could this potentially keep this guy out? If he's right. out – Daniel just really needs to be on top of like making moves for like you're talking about getting the max number of games played for his players cuz he just doesn't have a ton of guys outside of Giannis who are going to fill up the stat sheet necessarily. Right. You know? No, I agree. That's what
0: I was talking about. So, so that's why I was like of... if he can if he Like uh, I don't know if he goes and grabs Tyus Jones right now, who's going to fill in for John Morant? It's going to be useful, a lot more useful than some of the guys he has at the bottom of his bench. I I don't know them off the top of my head. I can uh, look at them, but like I mean, he has players on there that I'm like, I don't know that these guys are going to be useful, um, or as useful as maybe a stream would be.
1: You know? Exactly. Yep. My thoughts exactly. Zach, did you have anything there?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um. So. For Gabe, like you said, Steph was struggling somewhat from three. It's a good sign you still won seven to one in your categories. Um, Jeremy Grant was looking good. I made a note of that. We kind of said before this season, the Pistons don't really have that many guys. So um, he's definitely going to get a much higher usage rate. And then the other note, um, I kind of mentioned this last week. Gabe has Kawhi, Draymond, and KP. So they're all kind of battling injuries. I know Kawhi's not a big injury or anything like that, but he has had injuries in the past, and he's kind of known to be a baby. Like, when anything's bothering him, he's going to sit out. So just as, like, a note, it it could hurt you moving forward, Gabe, having all those guys, um, but it also could strongly benefit you. So I think, um, like you said a minute ago, your team has a lot of potential But it's just, will they fully get there and fully be healthy? Um, For Daniel, I noted, so he has Luke Kennard right now. And I think he's had him for every game he's played. And you could pick up anyone off the waivers and pretty much get more production. He's (laughs) He's giving you like four to ten points in his four games. He has not scored over ten once. And he's averaging, like, two rebounds and, like, one assist a game. And that's, like, one of their starters that's, like, getting solid minutes. And he's doing nothing with it. Um, Fultz is playing good, so that's good for Daniel. Um, He's got Greek Freak as well, so we know he's going to put up stats. And then I also put on my little note here that uh, the Jimmy Butler injury could hurt him. And he'll eventually be having Kemba coming off of his bench, too. So... Or his IR.
1: Hey, was there any, um, was there any updates, Gabe, on Kawhi Leonard's uh, jaw injury? Like that thing looked he got, brutal. He got popped in his mouth, and he was bleeding
0: quite a bit. I think. I mean, they're just going to be careful with him. They, I mean, they have Paul George, and even though they got blown out by the Mavs by fifty, I think that, um, like they're going to be careful with. I mean, a lot of their. Uh, Kawhi Kawhi rests back to backs, anyways. Like he's yeah. not like a very volume intensive uh, basketball player, uh, in at least in the regular season. Um, but I mean, I bet he'll play in the next. Uh, what is this? The first of the two back to backs tonight. So uh, is there a game? If there's a game tomorrow. I bet he plays.
1: Yeah, I, I had I had seen something on Twitter, which the, the Twitter doctors are really funny to begin with. But I'd seen something on Twitter. They were like, dude, that's potentially like a broken jaw, like just was with as much blood that was coming out of it. And it looked like a crime scene out there. Uh, yeah, it was bad. With all of it. But I never really followed up to see if it was any extending injury. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't think Kawhi and Draymond will be out longer than just hopefully this week. But um, And then KP practicing full today. And he should be back, uh, like, mid late january i think they're just kind of slowing him in a lot of these teams the clippers the mavs are uh, contending or they want to be and so they want to be at full potential um especially in a shortened off season nba season they want to be uh like at full strength when they need to be right. rather than here at the beginning of the season right right and so that's why i don't think uh a lot of these players are going to be rushed back But I'm not too worried I think a lot of these guys will be uh, valuable As soon as their uh, their number gets called
1: Well let's go ahead I'll I tell you what we're going to do So boys this week we're going to skip uh, Making our picks for this week's matchups um, Just for the sake of time Because I do want us to give Our seasonal standings predictions And then next week We'll get more into like a routine of Doing our matchups recap and then picking up for or picking uh winners for the weekly matchups. Are y'all good with that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Before we do this, I want to go over one more thing real quick. Okay, go ahead. So I wrote down all of our league leaders in each category. Oh, nice. So we, we kind of mentioned some of these as we went along, but I'll just run through them. Yeah. So field, field goal percentage, big R was at fifty one point five percent. That is really good, Um, but considering he has so many big men, I think we're going to kind of see his number be close to that throughout the season. Um, Free throw percentage was Bobby at 85.3%. Three-pointers made was Gary at 74. The note I made on this, he had CJ McCollum make nine one night, and then he had Blake Griffin make eight in the same night. Blake oh, Griffin made eight threes. Wow! <laughs> oh, man. Um, rebounds, Cam had 218. Assists was Gary again with 145. I think a lot of that was John Morant, and he also has Jokic. Jokic is actually leading the league right now in assists with 14. Um, steals, Gabe had 36 blocks Bobby had 36 and points Gary had 606. Wow. And so our league leader for the week was Gary and he had three leading stats. They were threes, assists and points.
1: Well, that is a Impressive. perfect that is a perfect transition into our standings prediction. I'm going to go first because mine is already uh, mine's already screwed cuz I have Garrett getting last based on what you just gave us. Uh, doesn't sound like Gary's gonna be slowing down anytime soon. So I'll go ahead and go first and tell you uh, how bad my standing predictions are. So last week, remember, we had to pick a number one winner, or I mean, a winner of the league, and we had to pick who got twelfth in the league. Um, you cannot change those this week, but you everything else in the middle you can change however you want. So I have Nick getting first. Uh, Ryan. Getting second, Camden third, Gabe fourth, myself fifth, Ramsey sixth, Big R seventh, Bobby eighth, Bowie nine, Daniel ten, and Zach eleventh, and Gary twelfth. So I'm off to a hot start there. Um I honestly picked more of like people I thought would be really, uh, really involved in their basketball fantasy league uh, towards the top. So like me and Gabe and Camden and Ryan. And uh, people I thought would uh, either just be terrible or drafted to Russell Westbrooks would be towards the bottom. So that's like uh, Daniel, Zach, and Garrett, so.
2: Can't so, wait for Luca to win MVP.
1: <laughs> hey, Russ, Russ won MVP too, buddy.
2: Can't you wait can't. to win and have an MVP. <laughs> now you're talking.
1: Uh, you want to go,
2: Zach? Uh, you can go ahead real quick. My dogs
0: are fighting. Sorry. <laughs> all right, no worries. Um, so I had Rob winning it all and Daniel in twelfth, And so in wait, second place.
1: Rob? Bobby?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had him as Rob. I'm just okay. going to do the – I have the team names here, and I was, like, trying to piece them together in my head. But I'm just going to do the team names. Okay, team Kelleher is first, and Papi Chulo is 12th. So in second place, I have Rodman with the good D. Okay. In third place, I actually have Scam Success, a.k.a. Bowie. Um, in fourth place, I have H-Town Tears Presty to Goat. In 5th place, I have Ruth Bader Winsberg. 6th, Penis Punchers 2.0. 7th, James Gives Me a Harden. 8th, Halleluca. Ninth, Barnacle Boys. 10th, Suck My Dirk. And 11th, John Wayne Gacy Pogo the Clown.
1: And then you had, uh, who was last?
0: Uh, Papi Chulo. Oh, that's right, that's right.
1: Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I had Zach at eleven and you had him at eight, is that right?
0: I had him at eight, yes. Nice.
1: And then you had yourself at second and me in fourth?
0: Well, really in first, but that's against the rules, so I'm second. <laughs> okay,
1: that's fair enough. Fair enough. So if that's an so on average me and you are finishing towards the top and Zach is at the very, very bottom with uh I had, him, I had
0: him just mid. I mean, I wanna see John Wall, and Marcus Cousins and uh, I guess Kevin Love in a couple weeks, but more just John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins before I like see before I decide anything. But I just don't see those guys playing the minutes that they're going to need to produce the stats to be worth the drafting where they were drafted.
2: Well, seeing as it probably would have been 4-4 or 5-3 this week, I, I like getting shit on already.
1: Hey, it's what we do, buddy. It's what we do. Hey, go ahead and hit us with uh, your standings.
2: All right, so... First, I have Ryan. I think I put him first last week. Second, I have Bobby. Third, Ramsey. Fourth, Nick. Fifth, Gabe. Sixth, Bowie. Seventh, Gary. Eighth, I have myself. Ninth, I have Cam, because this week was a fluke. Tenth, I have Camden. Um, I just think with the shooting and the Carl Anthony Towns injury, I think Camden's going to keep up with it, so i will have a shot. He probably won't end up that bad, but I'm just saying as it's looking right now, it's not looking great. And then eleventh, um, I have Daniel, and twelfth, Big R. Big R will find a way to get last.
0: But yeah, our our standings, especially the bottom, kind of looked very. They've looked very similar, Zach. <laughs> yeah,
2: I I mean. I think there's definitely uh, room for people to move around. Yeah, uh, nothing's really set yet. Like Big R probably will not finish last, but I like no, him. I
0: agree. Especially if Julius Randle keeps playing out his mind.
2: Yeah, I mean he's got a lot of big men, which I've taken that route in the past, and you're always gonna get those stats. Like you're always gonna be in it in rebounds, field goal percentage, blocks. So you already have three every week that it's gonna be close. Um, but sometimes you get slaughtered in those other stats when people actually have shooters.
0: So yeah, that makes sense.
1: Well, so yeah, good lists, boys. Good lists. Um, was there anything else that we needed to talk about?
0: No, nah, that's all. If you want an accurate standings, just flip cams upside down. This we did in football, and it was pretty good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, the only other thing, kind of like I did for our league leaders, I just did a quick one for the NBA through like the first three or four games. So for points, Harden is leading the league at 39. Um, I think he's only played two, so very small sample size. So these are averages? These are averages? Yeah. Yeah, these are going to be averages. Okay. Yeah. So Harden's at 39 through two games, he's on Ryan's team. Um, Jokic is at 14 assists, and he's on Gary's team. Uh, three-pointers made. Harden is at, I think, 5.5, and, and he's on Ryan's team. That kind of surprised me because for the games, like, uh, Blake Griffin had 8, and McCollum, yeah. he's still averaging more than them. Yeah, that's why I actually
1: can't believe it's that low at 5.5. Like, not that that's a low number, but. I feel like
2: yeah well I mean that's just three pointers made that's
1: not shot right right right. no I know what you're saying Same but I feel like we always start the season off with like a Steph Curry he has three games in a row of 10 three-pointers made or uh I, I forget like which season it was but I feel like it was two or three years ago he did something crazy like that where he had like three straight games of double digit threes
2: yeah wow. well insane. this year he got the start half gone two of 10 yeah
1: so. yeah exactly
2: um then for rebounds we have drummond and gobert both at 14.7 and drummond's on my team gobert's on cam blocks miles turner at 5.7 he's on bobby's teams yeah that's insane and then steals is jimmy butler at four and he is on daniel's team so So it's very (laughs) spread spread out
1: the uh the blocks leader like the blocks are higher than three pointers made, is that?
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> five point seven compared to five point five.
1: Oh, there's no way that holds, but that's pretty funny. That's yeah. cool. And,
2: uh, those are the only stats I have. They don't really field goal percentage and free throw. You can't really do right now because some people have shot like five free throws, so of course yeah, they're hundred percent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool, Zach. Maybe we can uh, make that kind of a weekly thing. Just check in a yeah. little bit. That's really awesome. Yeah,
0: I uh, I think I dropped Chris Boucher, and then he had seven blocks the game that I dropped him, and so I picked him back up. But he's I was I thought he was leading the league in blocks, but it's four point five. So Miles Turner, it has he's, to be uh, Miles
1: Turner. He's, yeah, he's that's insane. <laughs> um, and
2: then kind of as like a triple double watch, um, I guess Luca, <laughs> Russ, both on my team, and then <laughs> honestly, kind of. Ben Simmons hasn't gotten triple-doubles, but he's sort of like flirting with them as well. So I would kind of put those three guys up there right now.
0: Julius Randle. Don't forget. Yeah. Never forget. Did he Andy have play Jokic? Yeah,
1: he had one.
2: Oh, yeah, Jokic. Jokic already did, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Randall. Yeah, Jokic had one, Jokic Jokic had and, and, and Randle
0: had, Randall had uh, one tonight.
2: Yeah, Jokic is our MVP at the moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: Ridiculous. Well, boys, so hey, good. good pod. This was awesome. it's a lot of fun um did you guys have anything else
2: no that's it yep that's
1: it all right well hey uh if you guys made it this far thank you for listening uh hopefully we will be back next week kind of keep this format going if you guys have any comments for us or want to just crap on our standings in the sleeper app we welcome it like we want that thing we want that thing popping throughout the day usually zach and Bowie keep it going uh just arguing amongst each other but Hopefully we can uh, keep this keep this league going, keep having fun and covid stays out of the way. Good luck to everybody except Garrett.